So today's daf is Kuf Tetzvav, and we pick up in the middle of Kuf Tetzvav and said, I've also handed out to you a schematic of the uh, Haggadah, which we'll get back and look at, um, as we, uh, but, or will be a good reference point, so hang on to it. So as you've seen, we've discussed Kadej, we've discussed Karpats, we're in the middle of Karpats, we haven't discussed Orchats yet, where does that come in? And there was this issue about removing the uh, Shochan, restoring the Shochan, we'll get back to that. I've underlined in particular the uh, instructions, because that will sort of be seeing how those develop. So let's take a look now at the Gemara. The Gemara is dealing with the fact that the Mishnah says that when you do the vegetable before, what we call karpas, Gemara doesn't call it karpas, when you do the vegetable before, um, it, um, it, the Mishnah describes it as being maror, which is funny because we know the maror comes later together with the matzah, matzah shemron yochulu, so the Gemara discusses how is it that you didn't preempt doing the mitzvah of Mara at the right time. And there are two opinions. Reish Lakish says, because mitzvahs re- from here you can infer mitzvahs require intent. So when you did the Mara for Karpas, you weren't Yotze Karpas, and you were Yotze it later, and that's how the Mishnah can allow it, and that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah, that you can do the Mara for Karpas, um, and uh, you'll still be okay because mitzvahs require intent. And the uh, Gemara pushes back and says, um, no, maybe the whole Chiddush is that mitzvahs don't require intent, and, and even if all you have is maror, for the sake of getting two dippings, we'll use it up front, and we'll do the mitzvah early, and we'll do the second dipping later, which is bizarre. You would have thought that if you're, rather than doing the mitzvah out of order, you would just skip over karpas. But they say maybe that's exactly the Kiddush. So that's the question, how to read the fact that in the Mishnah you have Maror at the beginning. Why would you be doing such a thing where, you know, even if all you have is Maror, shouldn't you just wait to the right time? And the question about whether this tells you mitzvahs require intent, and that's why it's allowed, or even if mitzvahs don't require intent, we do this for the sake of the two dippings. I should mention, all of this is in the Gemara. The Mishnah never problematizes the fact that you're using Maror at the beginning. And it is, and let's also remember that one of the questions of the four sons is Halayla Hazeku Amaror, right? Which we say nowadays before the Mar is introduced, which is very strange. So Tosus tries to get around it. You tell him that you're going to be bringing the table back and it will have Mar. But it is worth speculating, maybe according to the Mishnah, um, you dafka have Mara first, because if you think about it, it's a little bit bizarre. The process starts with, you know, Avadi Mayinu, it ends with Geula. By the time you get up to the Matzah, you made the brach of, uh, you know, Avashir Galim Vagalas of Asedim Yitzrayim, and now you're eating the, you know, Matzah. So what are you doing again, eating the Mara? You just finished getting out of the Mara store part of the story. So it's actually not so crazy to think that you would have Mara in the beginning as well in terms of that symbolism. And it also connects with the symbolism we associate with Matzah at the beginning. At the beginning we say with Matzah, Halach Ma'anya. The Matzah is symbolic of the poverty, of the slavery. It's only at the end that the Matzah is symbolic of the Geula. Matzah Shema. So it's not crazy to think the same should be true about the Mara and maybe not that Mara at the beginning. Also explain why you say Halayla Zekula Mara. Anyway, so just a thought I put out out there. The Gemara obviously does not understand it that way. Understands that you want the matzah and the mara together. At the, when you're eating it, the way you did it the Korban Pesach, that the matzah came together with the mara, they came together with the Korban Pesach, and that leads to the Gemara to exploring how we can allow the mara to come early. What? I kind of like that thought. So I know. I like it too. <laughs> what can I tell you? I don't know what to say to you. I like it too. So if you like it so much, then you can say, because you know, the question is, what happens when the kids ask, why do we do it? What answer do you give them? Right? Why do we decide? So now you can say, well, really, 
already the vegetable is a zecher to the marwar, but, you know, which we sort of say, if you think about some of the drushas we say about the karpas, right? We try to symbol, make it symbolic, you know, symbol, symbolic of the bitterness and so on. So you can say, yeah, you know, we would have done marwar, but that would have gotten us a little bit out of order, so it's really symbolic. Yeah. There you go. Now I have a new, a new thing you can say what the karpas is about. Yes. Like, I, I maybe I used the word karpas here. I said, we didn't say the right. word karpas. So, we so just we, spoke about two dippings, we spoke right. about so marwar. Is, is, is it possible that karpas and marwar here can play them? Karpas is a green leaf. Yeah. Yeah, well, so that's what I said. In the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, you do not have a hint to the idea that there's a problem having the marwar first. You actually, the sense is, that's what you do. You have the mar first, and then you'll have it maybe later as well. You just said this. Right. Two ceremonies. There is a literary principle of going from Asu to Seder. Right. And then there's the Korban Pesach. Right. And the Gemara problematizes Mara in the beginning, and that leads to us saying, oh, the Chiddush of the Mishnah is that this is an exception. So and let's no, get, yeah. It's sort of indicative of the, you know, some of the issues that arise when you change from a, you know, a temple. When, when you, right. from temple, uh, you make the Masa and the Mara and the Pesach. Right. To the Tosh were kind of orderly, um, exactly. Yeah. exactly. 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 And the Mara, when he came with the Pesach, clearly was symbolic of the Avdus. But now, you know, the whole thing has to be sort of rearranged with it. Okay. So now let's take a look. So Gemara is within that explaining how you have managed the Mara up front. Um, the, um, so the Mara says like this. Um, yeah, exactly where, where you are. I'm going to tell you. The, the, the line starts with the word Tanya. It's about 20 lines down on Kuf Yadal and Amibet. Line starts with the word Tanya. In the middle of the yeah, but the very first word on the line is Tanya. Do people have it? Yeah. Okay. So the O Tanya, Achlan Demai. So according to remember, it's Bucky's one that approved mitzvahs require kavana, and that's why we allow the mother up front. So the mother's trying to disprove this. We taught in the Brisa. Oh, you don't have the same pagination, but do you have us? Okay, good. Achlan Demai Yatsa, Achlan Below Miskavin Yatsa. If you ate the Mara, if it was Demai, which was questionable to us and Maestros, your Yotze, right? Maybe it was taken, maybe not. If you ate it without intention, you were Yotze. So that's the proof against Rachel Lakish. You see that, that even without intent. Achlan Lechatsarim Yatsa, if you ate it in two separate eatings, your Yotze, half Kazayas, half Kazayas. As long as you don't, space between them is not the time it takes to eat a half a loaf of bread. That's the general rule that different eatings combine if they're done within Achilles' process. Anyway, what's important for us is, it says without Kavana, your Yosef. Tanai, so Rachel Sakhaj will tell you it's a debate of Tanayim. Tanya, which on the right, so Rabbi Yosiomer, Afalti Shetiva Bechazaretz, even if you did the dipping with the Maror, Mitzvah in the beginning, Mitzvah Lahabi, the fun of Chazaretz, Chavos, which is Saint Tavkilin. It's still a Mitzvah to bring back the Maror and the Chavoses and the two cooked dishes. So, by the fact that it says it's a Mitzvah, it sounds like you still have the Mitzvah of Maror left to do. You haven't been Yosei the Mitzvah of Maror. How did that tell you that mitzvahs don't require that, that mitzvahs require intent? Maybe they don't require intent. Maybe you were Yosei Mawar. The high divina traiti bule. So why do you need to dip it again? Like we said before. So he says, yeah, you bring the Mawar back, but you bring it back for a second dipping, not because you weren't Yosei. So he says, no. In came my mitzvah. 
Then he went to say it's a mitzvah to bring the Mara back. So since he said it's a mitzvah to bring it, you see that we can infer that according to him, mitzvahs require intent. We so we the Reish Lakish said this tonight, right? The Gemara said this. Yeah, yeah. The Gemara is now trying to defend Reish Lakish. Okay. So anyway, these are this approach about whether, how to explain how we allow Mara up front as opposed to my suggestion that in the mission we actually wanted Mara up front. Here it says, no, we want the mitzvah later. We allow it either because mitzvahs require intent or it's worth it for the sake of two dips. Now the Gemara digresses before it gets back to, or whatever, gets, touches on another point before it gets back to, before it gets back to the question of intent. What are these two cooktitions? Beets and rice. A nice accompaniment, I'll tell you. Ravuna. So Ravuna presumably just said it to tell you it doesn't have to be meat. Yes, it's going, we're going to see in a minute, it's symbolic of the Pesach and the Chagiga. But, so he gave this as an example of, yeah, even beets and rice. But because he said beets and rice, Rav was very careful to always have beets and rice. Okay, because it came out of the mouth of Rav Huna. We hear from what Rav Huna said that nobody is concerned with what Rav Yochan and Nuri says. The time we thought that rice is a type of a grain and if it ferments your chayv kare. And if you make matzah out of it, you fulfill your obligation. So you see, nobody even gives it any regard, this nonsense about night rice, right? Because so, he says you could even go ahead and use it for one of your tafsilas. So I'm glad we got that issue resolved. Okay, so, <laughs> so now the Gemara continues. That's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Nobody's even bothered by that issue. Yeah, no, okay. What? We'll be the problem having any dark horses. So make it such a. Yeah, but he didn't say that. He just said it's a tav shield. Tav shield means like a cooked dish. It didn't mean you bake it. The rice is What? No, 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 no. You can use rice for matzah if you, if you grind it and make flour of it and make a bread out of it. According to Rabbi Yochanan Manuri, presumably you can. True. Right. Yeah, but even though, even the Ashkenazim have the whole chumra about rice and kidneys, don't say that we're actually poskening Rabbi Yochanan Manuri. They give other reasons. It looks like it'll get confused with it, this and that. They don't really poskening Rabbi Yochanan Manuri. Hamotzi, correct, correct. This is only within Rabbi Yochanan Manuri, and the Gemara is now rejecting that. Okay, now the Chizki Amar Afilu Dagu Even something like a fish smeared with egg, you would say that's just one dish. No, we're going to count it as two dishes. It's starting to sound like old discussion. I should tell you about Erev Tavshilin. You know, Rav Yosef Amar. No, 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 no. And you don't know, by the way, until Rav Yosef's statement, you don't know what the purpose of these two Tavshilin were. You know, I don't know. You could speculate. We all assumed that it was for what Rav Yosef was going to say, but who knows? Rav Yosef says, no, it has to be two types of meat. One to represent the Pesach, one the Chagiga. Now, Ravina is saying within the position of Yosef of two types of meat, you can even have a bone and the stew that it was cooked in with. So the liquid counts as one and the, and the, stew, and the meat counts as two. Okay. That's the idea of these two things. By the way, Tosa says, if it's really Zechel Chagiga, maybe you should have, uh, maybe on Shabbos, when Shabbos is there, Pesach, if you didn't bring the Chagiga, you, could, you would only have one cooked piece of, you know, one cooked dish. And he says, no, it's not true, we don't, because you don't want to get, you don't want to confuse so people. Um, then the question becomes, if you take a look at Shnei Mine Basar, 
he says, Perish Rach, Tosos, Zechel, Pesach, one of them should be roasted. Umevushal, Zechel, Chagiga. So you could say, we did that, right? The egg is cooked and the, and the shame is roasted. It's not butter. Baloney here, I know. The Kaimalan, the Bentema, the Inchagiga, Necholas, El Tzli. The Masnisin, Asher, Kivasei. So he says, we rule that even the Chagiga has to be Tzli. And therefore you're expecting him to say both have to be tzli. And then he says, no, the kach, that both of them can be cooked. <laughs> you don't have to make a distinction because they're both, so it's not like you want to make one symbolic that they're different. If you make one symbolic of chagiga, one of Pesach, by one roasted and one cooked, maybe you would do it. But since they're all the same, anyway, that they're both roasted, you don't have to do anything special and you can cook them both. Interesting conclusion. I don't know. Well, it's not debated. How do we pass them? Rabbi Yosef said it. Right? The Mishnah says, so take a look at how the Rishadim say, who we pass him like that's just Rav Yosef who says shaming the Pesach yeah you mean well um, because that it's on the plate yeah the idea that we have it as something symbolic that we look at and don't eat there's no hint of that in the Gemara right you know now part of that might come from the fact that once Rav Yosef introduces the meat then the question is you know the Gemara's whole whole ambivalence around roasted meat on Pesach and does it look like you're being you're really eating a Korban Pesach and we'll revisit that so let's revisit it when we get to the discussion about the meat and so on okay but yes in the Gemara it sounds like you're eating it thank you for emphasis, for, for underscoring that and um, and not that it's just being symbolic now the Gemara goes back Pshita uh, hei now we're back to the question about having Mara up front Pshita it's obvious if you have other vegetables, so you now, not like, you know, again, the mar, in line with what the Gemara was saying before, of course, if you can postpone the Mara, you do it. So if you have other vegetables, and you have the beginning of the meal for what we call the karpas, you make Barfi Adama, and when you get to the Mara, you make Alachilas Mara. Um, but if all you have is maror, so which is what we were the scenario we were talking about before, my what would you do in terms of the brachas if you ate maror twice, once before the meal and once after uh, hamotzi? So amarafuna mevarch mekara maror barpiyadama v'achio. So first you make barpiyadama on the maror that you have for karpas and eat it. And then when you get to the matzah and the maror, you make the alachilas maror. You don't switch around the brachas. You keep them the way they are. After you stuff your stomach with it, now an hour later you're going to be with Mario. He says, yeah, you've been eating Mario over an hour ago. You make both brachas up front, and then later you eat it without achilas maror. Okay, so I'll, I'll discuss. I'll discuss what this. I'll unpack this in a minute. So hold on. The Surya Abdi Krafuna. In Surya they did like Krafuna. Now it's so funny. Abdi, like there's a general practice. You couldn't get any other vegetables other than maror. So yeah, you developed a practice. I mean, again, it's one thing to proskin theoretically, but what can't they do? They can't find other vegetables. I really don't understand this. Uh, unless, again, it's maybe reflecting the idea that maybe some people weren't Afghan, though the Gemara doesn't sound like it. Not good to have mar up front. Anyway, in Surya, they did like Krefhuna, which is that they made Barpiyadama first and Alkhilis Mar when they got to it later. Did like Rav Chizda, he made both brachas up front um, when they when they started with Mara. The Hilchzak Vasei Rav Chizda, and we rule like Rav Chizda that if all you have is Mara, you do both both brachas up front. Now, 
What is this debate about? The simplest thing to say is it's exactly the same debate as before, right? If mitzvahs trichas kavana, you weren't yotze mar up front, so you do bari Adama first, and when your lady will be motze mar, you do alachilas mar. If mitzvahs ain't trichas kavana, so you're going to be if you do mar first, you're going to be yotze. You have to make both brachas first. That's what the Rashbam sounds like. It's just an application of the discussion earlier. So also says if that were true, it wouldn't have said achar shemila kreso heimenu. It would have said, So what Tosa says is no, that the position of Rav Chizda assumes that I grant you, you weren't Yotze up front, but I can't tolerate you saying after you've been eating Marur. Okay? It's just inappropriate. Technically, you're right, you haven't been Yotze the Mitzvah yet. But it's not appropriate for the significant, you know, to sort of, to, 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 to make it like this, this, this bracha that you're about to do a mitzvah of marur if you've already been eating marur. So therefore I want you to make the bracha earlier. So the question, that's what it means, the shemila kreso. Yes, you're not yotze yet, but you don't make your bracha after you've been stuffing yourself with marur. So then the question is, oh, but one minute. But if I'm not yotze at the beginning, right, then how can I uh, make the bracha up front? So that leads us into a discussion about beginning a mitzvah and not completing it. And as long as you made the bracha and you did something to start the mitzvah, even if you didn't complete it, you can take a break and complete it later and it could all be considered part of the process. Now what? Right. Well, okay. So this is a big question that we've shown him ask, which is under what context is the meal and the Haggadah hefsek or not? Hold on, we'll get to that. Anyway, what, what he compares it to is the mitzvah of Tkiyah Shofar. He says, Tkiyah Shofar, you're really Yotze. The real Tkiyahs you're Yotze with are the, um, are the Tkiyahs that you do in the Shemona Esrei. But the kios you do before the Shemona Esrei, since you make the bracha and you started the kios, that counts. And even though now you're going to dive in a whole Shemona Esrei, you wait for Chazar Shashat, thing, it still connects to the bracha up front. Now, the problem with the comparison is, or the question to ask is, is that, you know, you would think you would have to do something that actually counts as the beginning of the mitzvah, not just the same act, right? If you're telling me you're really not Yotzi Mara at all, who cares that you're eating Mara? How does that count enough to get the bracha to start with it? And, you know, it, but it raises an interesting question. If Mitzvah saying Tzvich, even if Mitzvah Kavana, as soon as you say, and then you eat it, presumably, that counts as Kavana. So, you know, it might be something similar to his point about the Tkiyas Shofar, which is that, you know, Yes, the real tkiyas are later, but technically, let's say you didn't do the tkiyas during Shimon Esrei. Presumably, your yotze even the oraisa with the tkiyas you did beforehand. Let's say you never got around to eating the mara during the meal. Once you said the bracha up front, even if it's a srichus kavan and you ate mara, presumably you could always fall back on that. So it creates that both of these things are in a similar position as like. They somewhat could count as the mitzvah, but you don't want them to be the real mitzvah. You really want to focus the mitzvah later on the tekiyah during Shimon Esrei, the more you're going to eat later. But in some degree, they could serve as the mitzvah right now. And that's enough to consider it, like the bracha began on the mitzvah, and then it will continue later, even with an interruption, even with a break. But it does raise this question about, right, Starting a mitzvah, like, look, well, we do bedikah chametz. You start bedikah, you know, oh, don't talk, don't say anything, go, you know, no, but I'm not even talking about that. You know, what? Right, or the brach, you make alchilat matzah, and then the matzah at the end of the meal. So there's all these cases, and what counts as enough of a starting that it's not a hefseg. That's how Tosos explains this tomorrow. Now, it does raise the question to what degree is the meal a hefseg? Is the meal a hefseg? Is the haggadah a hefseg? This is a big issue in the Rishonim. Number one, as we 
we discussed already, do you make barfia geffen before every cup of wine? Do we say that the Haggadah is a hefsekos? Do we say all the things that occur between the Kosar are hefsekos? And if they are, then Tosus raises the question of do you say barfia dama by the Mara? Because notice the Gemara never here said that when you eat the second Mara, you say barfia dama again. Right? It all assumes the barfia dama set up. Why not? So Tosus says, so Tosa says, yes, it's true, the Haggadah is a half-sake. That's why you say another Bar Priyadama. And really, you should be required to say another Bar Priyadama. But the, you get the Marur in because of the Hamotzi. And then it leads to a whole conversation about what is covered with, the, with a Hamotzi. And is Marur, which has really not come as a staple of the meal, it's really come because of the mitzvah of Marur, can that be considered to be covered by Hamotzi? So Tosa says yes, and the meal is a half-sake. If you read in most Haggadahs, right, like if you look at the thing I handed out, I don't know if they got it over there at that side. You want to pass, Michael, some of those pages over to the other side, right? So if you, you read... I'm Rosh Hashanah. If you read by the card press, it says, right, so you see by the card press, it says, less than a kazai, if I'll get back to that in a minute. Anyway, it says here, these are just the schematic of the Haggadah, some of the key instructions. So under the card press, it says, umechavin lifto bebracha gamis hamaror. Right? You see that under Karpas, I underlined it. Have Kavana when you make prayer for Yadama to be Motsi the Maror. So this, this is, this is just the text of the God I got online, and then I cut out most of the actual text, and I stuck to like the key points, okay? So, this is, but this is a standard text of a Haggadah. Alright? So, people are told, have Kavad, when you make Barbi Adama, to be Motsi to, to the Mara. So, that's because of an assumption that Hamotsi isn't Motsi, isn't Motsi. It doesn't cover it because the Mara isn't that part of the meal. But it also assumes, ah, that the saying of the Haggadah isn't an interruption. Okay? If you held both Chumras that it was an interruption and Hamotsi didn't pop it, you have to make a Barbi Adama. As far as I know, nobody does that. Okay? So that is, um, but that anyway, we have fascinating idea that Tosa says the Haggadah is an interruption. You make a bar that's why you make another bar Priyagavan on the second coast. That's why you should make a bar Priyagavan on the Mar, but you don't because of Hamotzi. But even though it's an interruption, the, if you made Alachilas Mar on the Mar at the beginning, since the bracha began, was connected to the beginning of a mitzvah, even though that's not the real achilas maror, and even though you have the interruption of the Haggadah, you can go ahead and eat the maror after without the bracha of achilas maror. So that raises these interesting questions of a birchas mitzvah when it be, the mitzvah begins, even with an interruption, do you have to make another bracha as it continues? Yes, so. If, if you took, if you took mitzvah kavanah seriously in the most extreme way, then you should be able to uh, make a bracha with the intent inside not to be a mind, afraid. not to be a yeah, that's what you actually do the action. That's what the Rishonim so, say. So, so what's so so part of the discussion seems to include the assumption of the power of an act. Right. That no matter what you have in your mind, discipline to think. The action is going to be Kobea. Well, so if Ainsley's is Kavana, you're saying. Well, no, even in other words, in other words, that's why they have this position of, well, you've actually started the mitzvah. Right, well, right, I agree. Right I agree. So even within the, the position of Tzichus Kavana, the starting is somehow right. objectively enough. That is true. Because I would have preferred yes. pure, you were... Know, right, right, you're right. Kavana, you're right. Yep, yep. And you are right, though, the question of Kavana not to be Yotze, the Rishonim assume works, even if you say even if you say ancient kavana, negative kavana can sort of prevent you from being yota. Yeah. So according to this view, then carpa should really be a bitter vegetable. 
Well, the Gemara never said, it was my whole explanation in the Mishnah that tried to say that you want it to be Mara up front. The Gemara never said that. The Gemara just says, Shayurakos, and, you know, the Gemara's take on it is it's a simple vegetable. Right? With the says, if you just have maror, then you start with then you start with you use mar for both. It's, right? So it said that's a bit yeah, but yes. So now the reason we're doing all this, yeah. again, so, the, so we should have two tibulium in the kitchen. That, is that the, yep. the final? But then if, if multi really doesn't, it, so he's saying the multi is sort of really covering the maror, why not make it one? So then why doesn't it cover the apple in Rosh Hashanah? All right, I'm not answering that question. Yes. Why? Because yeah. oh, it's off topic. Yes. If the Haggadah is an interruption, why don't we say on the um, so that is a good question. Oh, I'll guess it. So that's a that's a good question. Um, there's some types of things which you, um, you know, um, there's things which you make enough. It's enough of an interruption or enough not part of something that you make a new um, a new bracha rishon and not a new bracha For example, if you have like a dessert in your meal, you make a special bracha for the dessert, but you don't make a special bracha chrona. Now, that's, uh, so, so this is somewhat analogous to this, but you are right that it's a legitimate question, because, you know, that's not really that it's a hefsay, that's really like it's not covered by hamotzi, but it can still be covered by birkat hamazon, like a dessert, right? So, um, but you are right, that issue, and I'm going to get back to that in a minute about the karpas, but uh, for now I'll just acknowledge that it is a very good question about not ha- about why we don't think you have to make a bar for like, and I'll guess it, yeah. There's a very long historical memory here. You know, the Gemara is often concerned about, you know, don't do it this way because the next year, you right. know, the circumstances will be different and then, you know, you'll right. make a mistake. Right. So I have the sense that these are long-standing practices. People remember, oh, I never made a, you know, Al-Gethin before. Mm-hmm. I never made a second, uh, I never made the bracha here or, or the bracha there. As things change, there's still, you know, Tosas is doing all these contortions to try to explain these things, which really seem post-facto, right? Like, you would not design, uh, probably, the right. Seder to, you know, without considering these things. Well, I, yeah. really evolved, and, and, you know, there's this tension between other extraneous halachas and the way the... I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And the way to which all these discussions, to me it seems the whole tone of the Gemara has shifted, not just from the discussion about shading before, but also in terms of the type of analysis you normally get in the halachic discussion. There seems a lot of sort of just, you know, there's a lot of the stomp, there's a lot of just describing the practices, there's not a lot of sort of bringing in halachic categories, you know, in terms of it. And I think you're right, the sort of natural evolution of the sort of practices played a significant role, and then to try to fit that into, you know, halachic categories, I would agree with that. Um, I want to point out two other things about the karpas, which is, if you look, right, this is just from the instructions, well, we haven't got yet to why we wash our hands, we're coming up to that, but uh, the orchas, where did that come in? But the instructions is, okay, Okay? And is exactly getting to your point. The Mara never says how much karpas you eat. So Rambam actually says if there's a if there's an idea of eating something, minimum eating is a kazayas. And Rambam says you dafka eat a kazayas. You min, you have to eat a kazayas for karpas. Um, the practice developed because of your concern. If we're saying it's a hefsake, then you'll have to make a bracha chrona. So not to get into the question, it's so like, you know, this mindset of to get out of any suffake, if we eat 
the Kezayis of the Karpas will have a question are we Chayv in a Bracha Chron or not? Is the God a Hefseg? So, you know, so should we make a Bracha Chron or shouldn't we? So, therefore, maybe it's not a Hefseg and then we'll be Yotze with, with, with Birchas Amazon. So, to get out of it, we eat less than a Kezayis. Okay? That's how the practice develops. I got to tell you, the practice I established in my house is I go like the Rambam, everybody is so starving that we go ahead and we make like potatoes, you know, and real like vegetables that are nice and filling and you go ahead and you eat a few potatoes before at the beginning of the meal and you eat dafka kezayis say a bracha chrona, move on with it and therefore you know it's, and, and, and it makes a big difference when people can actually put some food in your stomach you know before the whole agada what? really? <laughs> okay now in terms of the mingmelech the salt water the Gemara never says what you dip it in Tosos, as we mentioned yesterday, speaks about Rashi and other uh, sort of Rishonei Ashkenaz that had the practice of dipping it in Charoset. Tosos says, no, Charoset is just about the Maror, bitterness of Charoset, Zecher Letit. Other things we'll see the connection of Charoset Maror. Rambam actually also says you dip it in the, in the Charoset. That it says, an idea of Charoset is mitzvah, and having it as a Zecher, then why not? And by the way, I should say, that works very well with the idea of having the symbols of Avdus up front, right? So why not? Why I wait for the haroset after you've, just, after you've already reached the geula at the end of the meal. Have the haroset up front, right? And maybe you should also be having the maror up front. If not the maror, maybe that's the idea of the karpas is the karpas as a substitute maror. And we have that and the haroset up front. So I have to say, that's why I haven't gone to dip it in the haroset, but maybe yeah, next, maybe this coming stage. Yeah. I would suggest, though, that in our particular fortunate socioeconomic milieu, yeah. it's probably instructive to uh, consider the harosas and the, and the symbols of slavery of Afus, together with the affluent freedom mm-hmm. because uh, you know, in one sense, you can think, well, we left the right, right. we're good. Right. So to remember, not to totally forget the obvious context, even when we get to that point. That's a good point. Now, one last point by the Karpas, the other instruction, I, but I didn't underline is Ocha below Heseba. Why? So there's actually a debate about whether you eat the right Mar said Maror is below Heseba. Well, never discusses Karpas. So some say, well, Karpas is like because the other thing the Gemara didn't say is remember a lot of this stuff is similar to like how the Romans would eat right and that would be you know so they would sometimes have their like dippings and their hors d'oeuvres beforehand and maybe another way to understand this vegetable is not this whole thing about Avdos it's just beginning the symbolisms of freedom and you're you know you're having wine before the meal well that anyway you get it but then you're dipping and you're having your hors d'oeuvres so from that perspective you want to be reclining this is part of like an eat, a normal eating of the meal or the eating before the meal um, and you would dafka recline others say no 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 the karpas is zecha to the slavery you know perach whatever the summit but whatever they do what, you know whatever demasias they do or it grows under the ground anyway that's what I think is going on here is that it's more of a maror substitute um, and then and then you would dafka eat it below heseba so there's actually interesting debates of whether you eat the karpas with heseba right. or without heseba like, if you just take a vegetable take a dipping so take strawberries dip it in chocolate right All right. right. would that be like ruining the whole you know Yes, I don't know. It depends what you think it's about. If yeah. it's about the... Okay, let's go on. So the Gemara says like this. Okay, so... Back to the Gemara. All right. All right, the Gemara says like this. Uh, Ravacha Brei Mahadra So Ravacha, the son of Rava, would make a point of looking for other vegetables, in order to get out of the debate. Which, by the way, though, is, which is, of course, what we do, but by the way, 
it indicates, as I said before, what do you mean the practice was this way, practice was that way? Why were you using Mara up front? It indicates that there actually were those that didn't feel it was a big deal to have Mara up front. Maybe it was actually preferable to have Mara up front. But because there were halachic debates, we, you know, sort of like I was saying about less than the Kazayas, he wanted to eat other vegetables. But what I think is more fascinating is what it reflects on the other approach that didn't care about doing Mara up front, or maybe Dafka wanted it. Okay, Amar Avina, said Ravina. This is what Hillel says. Mishmei the Gemara in the name of the Gemara of tradition. Here's what Shmuel says. Presumably the hill we know. Lo nichrach, although here it's fascinating. That's all in Aramaic. Um, what? Here there's a note that says the Ron says that this Hillel is an Amara and should not be confused with the Tana. That, yeah, I was, well, yeah, that could be as well because the Gemara is about to bring in the Tana of Hillel and so on and it would be funny for us nothing to be uh, quoting. Uh, look, we know there were later Hillels. There was the later Hillel that established the calendar, you know, so, so okay, I appreciate that. Right, so thank you. Um, okay, so you, yeah, it's probably correct that this is not the Hillel because actually we're about to quote the Hill of the Tana. Okay, so he said in the name of Hillel, presumably Hillel the Amora, Mishmei the Gemara in the name of tradition, a person should not wrap matzah and mara together and eat them when you get up to the achivas mara. We hold matzah is biblical. It's not just connected to the korban pasach. It's an independent mitzvah. We'll discuss that later. And mara is rabbinic. And if you're eating them together, then the Durabanan negates the Diorita, which is a fascinating idea. Which is basically, as you're eating two of them, the taste of one overwhelms the other. But it's not just that you have two tastes in your mouth and you can't taste the matzah. We're actually going to see in a minute that there's not a need to taste the matzah. If you swallow matzah whole, you're yotza, even though you didn't taste it. But so somehow, it's somehow the fact that the experiences of both, and we'll see in a minute that they're at different levels of obligation, somehow means that you can't define this as a achilas matzah because there's another act that's being done here as well that gives a different definition to what you're doing. So it's not the need necessarily to have the taste of the matzah. Let's read a little bit, a minute, it'll become clarified. Okay, so it says like this. Um, even if you say that mitzvahs don't negate one another, meaning the eating of two eatings done together of two different mitzvot, okay, that's very much specifically the context. That's when you're doing two doraisa mitzvot together. Oh, let's say you're eating matzah and pesach at the same time. Okay, oh, or you're doing two dorabanans together. But if you're doing the doraisa and the dorabanan and you're eating them both at the same time, the fact that the dorabanan negates the doraisa. Very fascinating idea. If I was eating two doraisas together, I have to think about what it would be. Pesach and matzah are the most obvious things that come to mind, um, which is what we're going to actually get to in a minute about what you did with pesach. I don't know, let's say I was eating, I don't know, um, I was eating a korban, two different korbanot at the same time, or what would be another mitzvah of, of eating something? Uh, dafka by eating something. Right, by eating something, it seems to be. So anyway, so the idea is like this, that if there is, there's the same level, then you're saying, oh, you're doing a deoraisa, two deoraisa mitzvot, and that we can tolerate. But if there's a different level, somehow the presence of something that's not the deoraisa is seen as a intruder, and is seen as somehow de- degrading or undermining the, fa- the mitzvah deoraisa that you're doing, and therefore it's no longer can be defined as an achilas matzah, because, you know, you're just eating stam something else, and there happens to be matzah in your mouth. So yes. 
Tanasha together with Bashabachal of the Rabbanon. <laughs> so there is actually a Gemara that discusses do we say and mixing up different isurim and eating them together and there's interesting discussions about that but you know that's more when the objects are mixed up I'm talking about pistol of the objects here we're not even talking about that we're actually talking about two acts at the same time you know you have something similar to it I would say is less of the bittle of objects and more like of the idea sometimes of kimle bidurabamine where that works in the opposite so if somebody is let's say murdering someone and uh, you know and, and, and damaging his clothes at the same time because all the blood that got on the clothes you don't can't prosecute him for damaging the clothes and one of the explanations for that is you can't define this as an act of damaging clothes the fact that it's an act of murder overwhelms the definition of the act and it can only be seen in that lens. Here you get the reverse. Right. Because here you want it to be the more serious thing. And, and the presence of the weaker thing doesn't allow it to be defined only in terms of this as an act of a deraisa. That's It's a very strange idea. It seems to be specific to eating. That's what we have here. Let's see where the Gemara goes with it. Okay? So therefore, since matzah is deraisa and mar is derabanan, because mar is only part of the Korban Pesach biblically, matzah is independent, therefore don't do the matzah and the mar together. So the Gemara says like this: Mantana, the Shami say mitzvahs emivat with Who's the Tana that holds that mitzvahs do not negate one another? Um, Hillary, this is Hillel the Tana, okay, that says that normally if you do two mitzvahs at the same time, they don't negate, um, as long as they're the same level. The Tana we turn the Brisa. Amor alav al Hillel shayakarchem bevas achas va'ochlan. Hillel used to wrap them all together at the same time. Pesach mus and maror and eat them. Shenemar almatos merorim yochu. Eat it together with mus and maror. Um, so therefore you would wrap them all together okay and presumably if you're wrapping them all together we're not afraid that the Pesach is Mavato the Maso or the, or the Maru or whatever but that's when they're all equal level they're all Dior Raisa okay you still have this principle but here you have a Pesach so Tosh has asked that maybe the Pesach's an exception okay but for now we'll assume that the Pesach is reflecting a rule and therefore but you're right maybe the Pesach is an exception but anyway you see that as long as they're at the same level it's okay Amr Rabbi Yochanan says Rabbi Yochanan Chogin alav chaver bal Hillel Hillel's colleagues disagreed with him The time we told him Bryce Yochel you karkam vasachas v'ochlan k'derech shehillel ochlan Maybe you should wrap them together and eat them all at once like Hillel used to do Tamad v'amar Al-matos v'marin yochlu hu Al-matamar you should eat it You should have just said Yochel It should be eaten Yochlu hu seems to single out individually a few So the rabbis read this. Each one can be eaten independently, and I'll mean somehow all at the same time, but not as one unit. Okay, so the, I know what it means. Okay, but somehow they're saying because the Torah went out of its way to use the personal pronoun, it's trying to emphasize the the single pronoun that each one even individually. So it sounds like, according to this, that they say dafka, you can't eat it together. And therefore, maybe because Mrs. Mavatlo to it too. So the says, that's not true. Mavatlo Ravashi, Ravashi asked on this assertion that the rabbi said you can't eat it together. So Mavatlo Ravashi, Ihochi, Maya Filu. Why do they say you can even eat them separately? El Amar Ravashi, Rabbi Ravashi says, Hai Tana Hachiktani. This is what he's saying. Not that you can't eat them together, but Maybe you have to eat them together. Maybe you're not Yotze if you don't eat them together. Even each one individually, which means that even the rabbis who say you're allowed to eat them individually and you don't have a requirement to eat them together could agree, would agree that if you ate them together, it wouldn't be a problem. 
problem. So maybe even the rabbis hold mitzvahs ain't mevatlo to it too. But the Gemara was saying that's all very nice when they're all deal raisa. But when there's different levels, like nowadays, Matzah is biblical and Mar is Rabbanon, then it is a problem. Even if all these, even if Hillel and his, the fellow and his colleagues all hold that, if they're at the same level, they're not Mevatel. Now, Tosus discusses what Dov asked, and Tosus says, maybe he got a Pasuk. And anyway, Tosus says, it could be, you're right, it could be the rabbis think in general, Mitzvahs are Mevatel, but they'll allow it because of the Pasuk. But Hillel, that goes so far to say, you're chayiv to do it, he must normally be of the opinion that normally it's not a problem at all. Okay, but anyway, the bottom line is, is that from here we see that if at the same level, it's not an issue. Hillel would dafka say you have to, you have to eat them together, but nowadays you can't because they're at different levels. So what's the upshot of this? Lahalacha. So the Gemara says like this: Hilka. Therefore, I'm sorry. Hasha. Lo itmar hilchasa lo kila lo krabana. Now that the lacha wasn't ruled either by kila or the rabana, whether biblically when you have them all, do you eat them together? So what do you do? Mevarech alachilas matzav achil. You make alachilas matz and you eat it. So how do mevarech alachilas mar v'achil? Then you make alachilas maror and eat that. Then you eat Mat and Mar together. Below Bracha, without a Bracha, Zechel Mikdash Kehillah, Zechel Mikdash Kehillah, exactly as we say, Zechel Mikdash Kehillah, Kachaya Hillah, etc. It doesn't have the whole text. Now, what does that mean, the Hillah? So Tosis explains the following. When we get up to Al-Hilas Masa, we can't eat Mat and Mar together. Everybody agrees there are different levels. Mat is your right, the Mar is your abanan. Principle, Matzah, and you know, that when there are different levels, Mitzah's arm and Vatlitzu, we have to separate them. So fine, you've got to do the matzah separate. Now, let's have a matzah and mara sandwich. Right? Let's at least now do it like Zecher Lehillah. That would be fine if Hillel was right that you were chayev to eat it. Because if you were chayev when there was a Pesach to eat them together, then when we got up to this stage, we could say the mara is a mitzvah derabanan, Zecher Pesach, and the matzah might be a mitzvah derabanan, according to Hillel, Zecher to how you would eat the Pesach wrapped together. Okay, so if we were held by Hillel, certainly we could eat a matzah mara sandwich next. But, we but if we don't hold like Hillel, there's no obligation to have the sandwich. So in that context, if we would put matzah and mara together right after matzah, the matzah would be what? A rishus. There's no need to have the matzah. So, so the matzah now would come and undermine the mara derabanan because they'd also be at different levels. Right? So therefore we have to have the Marur separately and only now that we were Yotze both Matzah and Marur and both of them now no Drabana no Dorisa left we can do both of it as a Zecher but at either earlier stage the Matzah would be Dorisa and the Mar Drabana and at the next stage according to the non-Hillel approach the Mar would be Drabana and the Matzah would be Rishos and therefore each one has to be separate and then you combine it and that's exactly how we get to the way we do it. If you did the Murrah like, first, like, no, because then the Murrah would be a Rishos when you got up to the Matzah and it would be Mavatal the Matzah. No, yeah. You'd still have to have three eatings. Okay. No way you could do it otherwise. Unless you pass them like Hillel. Okay? And then you right. pass them like Hillel, you'd have to make a Bracha on that combination. Maybe. And maybe uh, it would be a real Drabana and you'd really make a Bracha. Correct. Not clear. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. I'm Rebbe Leazar, so notice we haven't discussed Orchas yet. Now we're getting up to it. Um, Amr, because it says, Metabel Oshaya, anything you're dripping in a liquid, you have to wash your hands for it. So from here we infer, this maror, you have to immerse it in the charoset. Right? Because of kapa. What was kapa? Kapa was either a bug that they thought could be dangerous that was in the marur, and they thought the haroset would kill it, 
or copper was just the sort of the sap, you know, in the mower itself that they thought was dangerous, and the and the haroset would counteract it. Now Tosas asked, I don't get it. if it's a bug, how are you eating it? So he so first of all, it might be that it's a bug that never never walked on the ground, and therefore a bug that was eggs were laid within the thing and grew within the thing might not be prohibited. Um, and even if it is, Tosas says we don't, we assume that there aren't any bugs, and therefore we let you eat it. But since Hamira Sakanta Meisura, danger is more weighty than even Isurim, even if it's enough of a basis to assume there are no bugs to eat it, it's not enough to, to, to protect your health. And therefore, we want to make sure that you're dipping it in the... It's clearly not like sitting there through the lettuce and checking, checking, checking. Yeah, right. Like, there wouldn't be any bugs to be worried about finding Right. Okay. All right. So Now, how do you know you have to immerse it in the charoset? Because if you didn't, until you die in lamely, why do you have to wash your hands? Hello, Naga. You did not. You did not touch the liquid. So it's only if you're definitely going to touch the liquid. Now, my question is, whoever told the Baal Hagemara that you washed your hands? I didn't see anybody say you washed your hands. Evil of the top of the so this gets back to Dove's point, which is clearly there is a well-established practice of the Haggadah that they can refer to, and they have absolutely no Tanaitic source, but they're saying, look, why do we wash our hands, right? And that's enough. Now, of course, the funny thing is, it's assuming that you're washing your hands for Karpas, but it's again assuming that what are you using for Karpas? Marur, right? Of course, because the mar that you use in after Amotzi, you're not doing a special washing your hands, you're doing that washing your hands for Al-Mtil right? So it's very interesting, again, the assumption that you're using mar for karpa. Okay, and the, the, the taking for granted that you wash your hands. So it must be that you immerse it, and therefore that's the issue, and you're afraid you'll touch the liquid. So, wait a minute, I want to get a little more. So, maybe I'll tell you. You don't have to immerse it. The kapa may rechamayis. Just the aroma of the of the karpas, of the haroset, uh, is enough to counteract the kapa, whatever that kapa is. So if you're not actually immersing it and you're not touching the liquid, why are you washing your hands? Maybe you'll immerse it since you're getting it close to the liquid and you're dipping it enough that the maybe is enough to wash your hands. Now, there's a question about this general issue of washing your hands before, before things that are immersed in a liquid. Um, we normally don't do that. Um, and also, what's the reason for doing it? So the Rashbam says the reason is you'll touch the liquid. Any When your hands touch liquid, the liquid becomes a Rishon. That then makes the food into a Shani. And the same way we wash hands before bread, because like the Kohanim would do with Truma, so here too the Kohanim would not eat food that was, that was wet because it would make the food Tameh. Tosa says if the problem was about the focus on the food being Tameh, like the bread, we should have to make a Bracha. And, and, we never, and we don't make a bracha, and also we would have to do it during the rest of the year, and we don't do it during the rest of the year. So Tosa says it's not about the food. It's about that you will yourself drink the liquid, and you'll become Tameh, but not a focus on the food, just a focus on you making yourself Tameh. Um, why does that help things? Well, he says, that will then explain why we don't do it nowadays. Because things that are done zecher to the Kohanim, which he sort of frames as a Kedusha issue, those practices have a brach on those we retain. Things that are just about making ourselves tamay, okay, not about sort of the food and the holy food they would eat. He says that, we, nowadays, we, we're tamay all the time. So that falls by the wayside, and we never established a bracha for that. 
So according to him, though, why are you doing it at the well seder? So presumably, you know, the whole well seder evoking the time of the Pesach, presumably, although he doesn't explicitly say it, you know, there would be these little remnants here of the zecher of things we would do at a time when there was a korban Pesach, although Tosas doesn't spell that out. But according, there is that interesting difference, and the question does translate into two important questions: Do you make a bracha? According to the Rambam, you make a bracha on Shilshidayim before kar- before the Vintila for Karpas. And number two, are you makbid nowadays? There are some people like you know that they'll, they'll they will they're they're they're, they're makbid to wash their hands like before they eat a pickle or they wash fruit and then before they touch, they eat the fruit and tell if it's wet. Yeah. Anyway, so questions only if you but the Gemara makes it sound only if you're directly handling it with your hands and your hands are becoming wet. All right. Anyway, yes, you had a question before. In other words, yeah. you make haloset out of dates and raisins. Right. It's hardly a mashkeh. Right. Well, but so that's a question. I mean, normally we have seven things that are considered mashkeh right. for, if it's all fruit juices, maybe not, but there's also wine in it. So, yeah, there's generally seven things which are considered, yeah, which are considered mashkeh, and it could be that the, that it's not in the, uh, that would not be in the haroset. Okay. Well, yes, but the Gemara is assuming murder in the Harata. Let's continue. So the Gemara says like this. Um, okay. So the Gemara says like this. Don't leave your mara immersed in the haroset. Yes, you have to maybe first we said immerse it, but don't leave it immersed. Immerse it and pull it out. Maybe because of the pungency of the spices, it would counteract not just the dangerous kappa, but it would counteract any bitter taste at all. It's important to taste the mara because of what it symbolizes, as we'll see in a minute. Now, you don't have to necessarily have a taste of the matzah. You have to eat it, but you need a taste of the mara. So Rav Chizah took Rav Ukva and he expounded, presumably he used Rav Ukva to be his loudspeaker, his Amora. When, if you wash your hands for the first dipping by Karpas, you have to do it again for the second one. Now, no, um, well, we'll see in a minute. Now the question is, why would you even bother? Because anyway, you're washing your hands for hamotzi. So the rabbi said it in front of Rav Papa, and he said, That was said not about Lel Seder. That was said in some general context. The Isakadite, meaning if you're, if you're washing your hands before eating fruit, vegetables and fruit in general, you eat once, and then you go on a conversation, and you're talking, whatever, and then you decide to eat some more, you have to wash again. If it's said in this context, why would you have to do it twice? You wash it once. Of course, you could say that in another context as well. But the point being, you know now, you know that you're going to be eating, uh, doing another dipping. And since you know you're going to be doing another dipping, you obviously have your mind on it, and you don't have a hesek hadat, and it will count. We're talking about another context where you don't think you're going to get other things to dip, and then there is a hesek hadat. So Amalu Rav Papa, so Rav Papa said, Adarab, the opposite is true. Hachitmer was said in the context of, so, I'm sorry, the rabbi said first, Amalu Rav Papa, first when the rabbi told it over to Rav Papa, they were speculating that this was said in a non-Seder context, because in a Seder context, you know what's coming. And Rav Papa said back to them, Adarab, the opposite is true. Hachitmer was said in a Seder context. If it's in a normal time, why are you dipping twice? Meaning the assumption here that there's a second dipping certainly reflects that the, um, that the uh, what do you call it, that, 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 you, that we're talking about Lel Seder. Elamai. So what do you want to say? Hachitmar. So we're said in the context of the Seder. So why do you do it a second time? You already did it at the beginning and you knew what was coming. So you already did it. 
So Ami, now you should say, Kevin the Bible Neymar, Agadita, Vehalila, since you're going to say the Hagada and the Halal, the half Halal that we say before the end of the, uh, before the meal, maybe you'll have a Hesachadas and you'll touch a dirty place on your body and so on, and therefore you need another Nitila Shadayim. Now, because of this idea that the Halal and the Hagada is a Hesach, that leads to all that discussion we yeah, said before yeah. about you need a bar geffen, you need a bar nefashos, you need to make an bar dama, etc. Of course, the question here is, but aren't you washing your hands for hamotzi? So why does it discuss a need to wash a second time? And the question, and Tosos really understands, no, that's the question. Maybe if you washed it once for karpas, you shouldn't have to wash again for hamotzi. Why can't it count twice? Well, if the whole point of washing your hands is that you're the cleanliness and you're doing it and you're doing the removing the tumma and whatever, so if you did it for the karpas, let it count for the hamotzi. So the whole issue here is, do we need to do it again for the hamotzi? Of course, that would suggest that maybe you don't make a bra- that maybe you do make a bracha if we're thinking that the washing of the karpas is going to be motzi the hamotzi. Mo- the the Rambam requires no. two brachos. Yeah, it sounds like if I remember the Rambam correctly. Yeah, that's right. Bra- yeah. Well, the Gemara says there's a Hesachadas. So that's what the Gemara says. What? He says in the Maskana, you don't. And whatever, he says, even if you wouldn't make a bracha, you, you know, or whatever, it gets there to his other point. If you're doing it for the Hamotzi and it's count as double, maybe you would. But when you're just doing it for Tibula B'mashke, you don't. Okay, let's get on now to the next point. So that's in terms of, that gets you to the Urchatz. And now you see, I mentioned to you the discussion, Tosus, Rabbam, etc. Do you make an alms of Siddhaim or not? What's it about? Is it about Tibulo B'mashke? Why Dafka Lel Seder? Or is it something you do all the time? Now we did Kadesh, Orchas, and Karpas. Fine. Now, before we get on to the Yachat, which is coming up, we have another little discussion relating to the Tam Maror. Let's take a look. Amar Rava. Balamatsa if you swallowed matzah whole and you gulped it down without chewing it, you were yotze. If you did that with marur, you were not yotze. Why? Because as we said before, marur, it's not enough to formally count as an achila. The rabbis required you to have some experience of the bitter taste. And if you swallow, although you could say, you know, if you swallow it whole, you don't have enough of that touching your, you know, your, your taste buds. Bala matzah umarur, let's say you swallow them together, yidei matzah yatza, yidei marur lo yatza. So again, same thing, you were yotze matzah, you don't need taste, you weren't yotze marur. Of course, somebody should say to me, one minute, what about mitzos? Mevatlo zu Why isn't the marur mevatlo the matzah? So Toza says, it's a little bit ironic, but here, since you didn't chew them together, it's not like the marur impacts on you swallowed them together, but you weren't sort of chewing them together. It's not like the eating of the marur impacts on how we define the eating of the matzah. It's so funny. The eating of the matzah itself is very is much weaker eating. It's just a straight swallowing, and it's together with a swallowing of the marur. But somehow, because because they're not being chewed together, we've somehow avoided the mitzvah mevatlo tzuetzu problem. Swallowing without tasting by chewing considered not to be a chila. No, it is Achila. And the Chiddush here is, of course it's Achila, and that's why you're Yotzei Matzah. But the Chiddush is, there's a new requirement of Maror, of Tam. Okay, but the also Chiddush is that when you swallow them both, the Maror doesn't undermine the Matzah. Now, Karchan Besiv, if you wrap it up in a, in a, like in a, in a, not whatever, a, a wrapper, um, Ubalan, and you swallowed it, Afgidei Matzah Nami Lo Yotzei, you weren't Yotzei Matzah because it didn't touch your throat. That's not eating. This is very important for the question of eating medicines in capsules. 
that if it's in a capsule and it's not touching your throat, even though it's swallowed, it's not considered eating. Of course, most time people's problem is that the capsule is gelatin, not what's in the capsule, but the capsule itself. Okay, but then you know, and that gets interesting questions because you see the act of swallowing doesn't get you out of eating. The act of it being wrapped wrapped in something gets you out of it, but not the act of swallowing. But there, there's other issues. It's medicine. It's not food. Another discussion. Amar Shimi Barashi Matzah everybody should have mat in front of them everybody has to have mar meaning everybody needs a seder plate everybody gets the haroset but the whole removing of the shulchan bringing back of the shulchan that you only do in front of the, the leader of the seder that symbolism is only for him okay Rav Huna Amar Kulu Nami Lisnei Shomer Hagada. No, everything goes in front of the one who says the Hagada. The Hilchasak Rav Huna. We rule like Rav Huna. Now the question is, is a fascinating, right? Because it really is a question. What is the idea of having this all in front of the Seder leader, um, or, or having it in front of every one of them? So, um, so the thing seems to be, why can't the Seder leader just do it and distribute it? Why does everybody need to have a plate in front of them? And Michael, please. And um, and uh, so some say the idea is to have the bracha immediately precede the eating. But normally we're not makpid on that. Like when we make hamotzi at the meal, I make a hamotzi, I hand it out. So maybe birchas mitzvah is different. Anyway, one explanation focuses on the bracha and the eating. But I think that, and it's interesting that I didn't see at least Tosos and the Rashbam say it, that it's, if the part of the whole point is using these foods as part of the symbolism and part of telling the story, then it's not just the eating of the foods, it's having the foods in front of you as you're telling the story. We're going to get to the Gemara in a minute that's going to say that it's about having the matzah in front of you when you're telling the story. Not necessarily all these foods. But it's interesting to wondering about, about maybe that's also part of it. And the Gemara takes that for granted that everybody has in front of them all of these things. The only thing that's discussed is whether you do this ritual of removing the shokhan or not. But it does take it for granted that everyone has a Seder plate. I think in a lot of homes that's not the case. That's not that everyone has a Seder plate. Um, and it is interesting to note that in the Gemara, it, it, that is what the Gemara says, is the Halacha. Let's just read one more final little bit about the removing of the Shochan. Lama Okinet HaShochan. Why do you remove the Shochan? That the kids should wonder what's going on and ask. Abai have Yosef come to Rabbah. Abai was sitting in front of Rabbah. Chazer to come madly takab They saw they removed the plate before you know early in the meal. Before I mean before they got up to eating. I'm a little dying of kachlinan. Also come akli takab. We haven't eaten. What are they doing removing the plate? When he was young. So it must have been when he was young. Must have been or before this practice was established. Mikama, why are they moving the plates in front of us? Amale Rabba, Rabba said to him, Ah, Patarta Miloma Manisana. Thank you for the question. Now we don't have to say Manisana. We got you to ask the right question. Now, I want to show you if you look at the Haggadah here in front of you, you look at the, at the, at the, at the uh, instructions. So Magid is Megalesa Matzos, because we're going to see in a minute that you tell the Haggadah over the Matra. Then, Masir Etake Arame Al Hashokhan, Mosin Kotcheni, Kana Ben Shoamanishtana, and then Machzir Etakara El Hashokhan. So this is exactly our fulfillment of the Gemara's removing the table, removing the plate, is you remove it before the Manishtana, that provokes, hey, what's going on? We haven't eaten. Why are you making a Manishtana? Tosas even says that you feed the kids alive. Why are you removing the table? Oh, don't worry. We're going to bring it back to do maror, to do dippings. Maror, dippings. And then it gives them the cue to ask the Manishtana question. And then it's machzir etakera. 
and that's exactly and what is being said here it, it connects to the line in the Mishnah where the Mishnah said you know you bring the plate first it said you bring the, the, the thing and they do the dipping and then it says you bring the plate and indicates it was a removing of the plate and a bringing of the plate or a bringing of the table and so on one last point which we'll get back to the statement of you exempted us from saying Manishtana the Rashbam really feels you don't have to say Manishtana you got someone to ask the question of why is it different you can skip the formal Manishtana text which is only if you aren't naturally asking the questions Tosvos doesn't like that Tosvos wants to make sure everybody's saying the formal text so if you just look and this is the last point Tosvos says um, that when he ruins the table, why are we doing this? And that leads to all the other questions. That won't get you out. But Abai really said, wait, wait, why are we moving the table? And I got four other questions I want to <laughs> It does not sound that way in the Gemara. And this gets to the question of how much was the text and the ritual fully fixed, which we'll see more of tomorrow. Oh,